this is where there needs to be more conversation around sexism and misogyny within the queer community is that like butch trans mass people don't think that they actually have masculine privilege they yeah, yeah. do it's like 1000 is my pearls and whatever i still have masculine privilege in the world bros rednecks are way nicer to me they like oh, they yeah, don't yeah, yeah. i don't feel threatened by them because they're like oh you want to be a dude like what's up like there's like this thing where like if i was any other gender variant a trans woman i would be like punched in the face or killed it's like i just i do feel afraid of that sometimes i'm not saying that i don't have that fear that is very real but not in that way like i'm like i've been in situations that are like i feel threatened and then they just like there's something about my masculinity that like soothes them welcome to what's my thesis i'm your host javier proenza and today my guest is keen o'brien as a cuban in california people always assume the worst about me (laughs) and one of the things that i want to like represent is like you know there's a lot of gay Cubans in Miami. South Beach has a vibe, you yeah. know? So like when you think of swing state, like, you know, yeah. l- like take it easy on the Republican Cubans. <laughs> yes. yes, that's real. That's very and, real. And I'm to the left of most like queer people that I've met yeah. and interacted with. So, yes. um, so, okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, like it, uh, humanize it. I, I, that's like, I have, I, I always talk about how like, I have been programmed to like be misogynist, be somewhat racist and all of that. And yes. you saw, you saw how like I qualified racist because that's like the really bad one. But, uh, but I think all of that lives in the same realm where it's like um, now the, the dialogue tends to be like divisive where it's like, these people are evil, you know? So, yeah. so uh well, first I'll say same, like I've been raised that like same, like my, you know, all of that, like raised around misogyny. My father, this is public, this is wild, but he'll never see it. My father, like number one misogynist in the world. Right. Um, and so that I witnessed that even though I was raised as a girl, I like still feel like most of my misogyny comes from my father um, and sort of my like, yeah, that's like a whole thing. Do I want to go into that? Sort of. I feel like my dad and his sort of masculinity, this is very controversial, that some of my gender, I believe, is formed and from my relationship to my male patriarchal father. Sort of like my rejection of my, I do not think that this is like exclusively true about all trans people at all. I speak only for myself, but like my really fraught relationship with my father um, was and still is, I think, deep like a part of being trans for me, of like rejecting this like female part of me a little bit over time and like really having like internalized misogyny pretty intensely that has like impacted my life and the relationships I have with women, right? Um, and something that I'm like, you know, constantly working on, just like I'm white and I was raised around racist people and um, I'm constantly unlearning that, right? Um, I think they're kind of similar in that way. And that's yeah. only controversial because I think the the dominant narrative is that like we're born that way. I like don't think that is true for me. I don't. I don't know. I don't really. I've always been like. I wonder if you scanned my brain or like did one of those things where you could see like what chromosomes are in my brain. I bet like that's not how it is for me. Only because I feel so like in the middle and I can I variant so deeply between the two binary genders and have my whole life and. Um, 
Yeah. And because of my relationship with my dad and also like those kinds of things, I just think some of it's social for me, for me personally. Some of it though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yes, some of it. I mean, yes. I mean, because, because, because I've experienced some of those same cultural influences. Like I, like I addressed, like yes. I used to, I used to be afraid because everybody used the F word. I used to like the game was when we were younger, who's going to be the F word? Like, you, you know, like who's going to turn out. And I, by that, I mean like, you know, like, like, Mm -hmm. and then in that game there, like, which is like a subtle homophobic thing that I grew up around, which is the, uh, like, who's, who's going to be the most gay, you know, like who's going to do the most gay thing to each other. And it's about making you uncomfortable but yeah. like, if you're doing that to a gay person and you really break that down, oh, that's fucked yeah. up. Yes, you know? it's really fucked up. Yes, it's very fucked up. And I think so, that so it's, it, like, it lacks empathy. Sorry, go ahead. So you no, no, I, no, but I think I, I, I relate to that in like different ways of like the ways that I tried to other. I like there were so many ways that I tried to become part of so d- deeply and intensely because I just couldn't accept what I was, I actually feel like other, like I am actually, like I'm not, I don't fit into society in this way, but I never knew what that was. So it came out in all these different ways, like being deeply homophobic as a child, like say rhetoric that was like really intense, but knowing that like, that's another thing that's other. And I actually really identify with other as like a a feeling as a kid before I even understood what my gender or sexuality were. Right. I just was like, yeah. So I, th- yeah, that's interesting. And like, I remember the first person who came out to me and I, it was, my first reaction was kind of like, not bad, but kind of like surprised in this way that um, I'm interested in now because clearly like I have always been gay, like in the ways that I like was attracted to people as a, you know, as a kid, I was like always friends with the gay kid, the gay male kid. I just like gravitated toward like feminine men and which like, I know that's not exclusive yet, but like literally like my friends were like, we were like a gaggle of faggots at like six, like I have these pictures and we're all like, hey. And then like, you know, liked the tomboy. I mean, you know, it's like, that That was just like my friends. And I, I feel like that really is, you know, representational of that. Um, well, that, that, I, that resonates with me on, I, I hope I'm not cutting you off. Were you going to, oh, no, did you have no, another no. Okay. Um, that resonates with me because I I mean, I've talked about it on the show before, but the idea of like, um, like people that are creative, you know, it's like, it's like, imagine a world of the arts that has no gay people in it or that has no. And I think that like when I was a teenager and I didn't know, like, I think there's that. And then there's like, I was, I also gravitated because of my like living conditions in Miami. I mean, not that they weren't bad, but I'm just saying like the access to like opiates and, and cocaine. And I mean, I don't know that I can say that on YouTube, but like as a victim of the access to these things, like, you know, I recognize that like a lot of the people that I socialize with, were creatives in high school that were like edgy and then they just got hooked on something. And then like, so like there's a, it, 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 I, I, um, Leslie Foster, who I interviewed recently, I hasn't come out yet, but, um, 
he was talking about how uh queer like queer is an interesting word because like queer has existed before it became gender queer and mm -hmm. like people are very toxic on that word now but mm -hmm. i like it as a because i grew up around that word i like what leslie was saying is that it is that even if it try if people try to co-opt it it is a rebellion you yes. know and yes. that like as a fucking militant like rebellious asshole which mm -hmm. tends to be called a troll when it, but like, you know, like, yeah. I think that that is a really, um, anyway, but, yeah. but, but, but I relate to what you're saying. I'm sorry. If you have a thought, go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. It's interesting just because like that word has a really specific meaning to me because like when I, when I was coming, when I was like, well, I came out young, I came out at like 13 and, um, the privilege of living in a city. Um, I have Republican parents, but they've always been very cool about my queer and trans stuff. But, um, and then, you know, came out as trans later, like 17-ish. And it, the word queer was not really part of the, it was still kind of like a, it was kind of like how faggot was for a long time, right? Where it would have been like, <clears throat> well, it still is that way. But I, yeah, there's like this interesting, that word, it felt like the second wave feminism that I was witnessing when I was coming out when I was young was so intense and so hateful of the word queer. And it would be like this, you know, and the internet didn't really exist. So it would be more like, you know, I was like going to read book readings and I was in AOL chat rooms and shit like that. And that word was like something you just like didn't say, just kind of like dyke was not something you'd say for yourself if you were like, you know, identified as that, as a, as a queer person. And it's, I think now that like queer specifically and Dyke actually, I can talk about that too, but queer is like a very important identifying category for me. And it gave me a lot of freedom to not just be like gay or lesbian, which I never really related to either of those two. Right. And I feel like queerness, you know, as we know, is like just an umbrella term that means all kinds of shit and like does mean rebellion 1000% um, as like a lifestyle and as a gender and as a sexuality and all of the things. Um, but, yeah, and it's but, but it's also weird because I've heard it because, okay, so I I I don't mean to be polemical, but there are some things that are happening, or I'm I don't mean to be up to date on yeah, gay no, stuff, I know. on yeah. gay on gay politics because like honestly, <laughs> I'm realizing how much I'm bombarded with this stuff on YouTube, yeah. and I'm like <laughs> I'm just glad that there's like people that can like help me through this yeah, i mean but, i'm here with you yeah no no but i'm just saying like there's also youtubers that can help me through with it yes, but yes. like there's like a, a, a what a, do you are you familiar with the separation movement the lgb yes, yes versus yes, yes. the that's how i realized that queer was associated with gender queer which i like i i want to be clear I'm talking to a trans person. I have no problem with queer or gender queer. I like either way is fine, but I didn't like it's it's an interesting thing because you see highlights and then you're like, "Oh, that's kind of weird." Right? Like like you see people dancing maybe inappropriately male, female, gender queer, drag queen, all of that. Like you don't want it you don't want kids at Hooters all of that stuff like it's a little weird and like for parents to object to that is 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 definitely worth a discussion you can like maybe contextualize it if it's like in a certain environment you know like okay like that's th that's the thing but i don't want like my friend's art getting kicked out of like a library you know 
especially yeah. if it's not like a performance where they're like sexualized or anything like that. Like if it's a drawing from a queer person that does queer yeah. kind of stuff, like I think they have a right to be in those spaces. You feel like drag queens like, have a right to be in libraries? I think they do. Just don't yeah, yeah. like shake your ass. Is that like fair? I mean, yeah. I, although, like, I would say that thinking that that's what drag queens do is no, but no, yeah, no, no. That's why yeah. I'm talking about the highlights. Yes, that's yes. The, and we're talking about the polemical side of it, right? Yeah. Like on the on the one side, like that's why I'm referencing a specific example of like yeah. my friend Dakota Newt, who is like a wonderful queer artist, and they do stuff on on uh, and they just get so much hate. Or mm -hmm. they, I'm using that like that that has like also kind of like he's mm -hmm. a dude. I just want to be clear in the in the uh, like they they're not gender queer. They yes. are a straight up gay man in this context and yes. they they're not even like doing political trans stuff but because of the polemics of like i think yeah. that ideology but anyway sorry so what do you think about like that split between the the mm. the 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 lgb because it seems hostile and like kind of i mean angry. yeah it's interesting i don't have feelings about it i also feel old in terms of, I look younger than I actually am. I'm like 39, but I, I, um, I feel old when it comes to some of these identifying terms, like it being a pronoun, it and it's being a pronoun. I, my brain literally can't, I don't understand. And I want to understand. And I also want to understand this like separatism thing too. Um, separatism specifically to me and me, I make jokes that I'm a queer separatist. Like my, I only have queer friends. I'm like not very interested in straight, having straight people friends or like cis male straight people. Like I have two in my life, um, one cis straight man in my life and he's an exception to everything that I've ever known. But otherwise that isn't in my world. And I've like made a world like that very intentionally for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's cool because like, I get to do that. Like, I'm like, this, this is a yeah. choice, you know? Well, well I but, mean, but that, that comes from like our generation of like, yes, yes, you pick your family, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I, I often see things on the internet and I'm like, what? And I, I feel kind of, yeah, I feel old, but I don't feel defensive, which I think is like, the difference, right? I don't feel defensive of me or my politics or how I am. I'm constantly trying to look at it as like, I have so much to learn and to understand from this. I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I'm kind of like, that's not how I'm ever probably gonna see that, but I'm here for this conversation. And it's exciting to me that there are, there are so many, there's so much youth being angered by systems, even systems within the, like, the queer community. I'm so into it. I'm like, this shit is so problematic. Like please, I have felt oppressed by it. Please tear it down, right? It's like, you know, the word queer- Tear what down specifically, specifically for you? Yeah, like I think all of the things that are part of all systems and sort of institutional ideas of like, um, it's applied no, but, to but, all. But yeah. let, me, let, me, let me chime in. Like if we were all leftists, mm -hmm. like black people would still have a valid claim to acknowledge to white leftists that they don't understand, even if all leftist policy, all that Bernie Sanders shit, but even beyond that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like true, like without reparations from their, from that perspective, it okay. is not it, like black people are still going to be suffering. So yeah. from that, the, like from that standpoint, that like not broad, but like specific, what do you think? 
Um, not com- totally comparable. I know you're not trying to compare it, but it's like hard for my brain to do that. Um, I think. Yeah, I but the, the, the trans experience is like a, a tradition, like even, you know, even beyond the non-binary, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the, like trans people have existed for a long, long, yes. long time. Yes. yes right. Forever. Always. Yes. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's like, it's, it is a valid perspective because like, I think that the reason that the fight is going where it's going and it's so polemical as it is because there, first of all, there's money to be made. Like yes. there's so much YouTube nonsense. Like yes. I really do like, like when you were asking me about the, what do you think drag Queens are doing? Like I could give a fuck as long as the parents are happy, you know, yeah. but like the ones that aren't, I've coached soccer. I've mm-hmm. dealt with parents. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about like queer shit. They're fucking neurotic, you yeah. know? So, so that shit gets out. And like, like I quit coaching because I just didn't want my coaching on camera. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's wild. Like, yeah. and on the field, I just didn't want people to be like, this guy's yelling. I'm like, yeah, but I'm being supportive. And the, wow. you know, wow. I'm, wow. You know? That's, yes, that's wild. So, that's so, wild. so in that context of like this thing where like, there's a hyper focus on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like, think- like they're they're like uh, I always like to say the CIA th- doesn't have a gay or a trans country that they can invade. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so 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 it it uh, it behooves them to co-opt these things. So trans people like their perspective is important, right? Yeah, I would say that because um, so much of what my understanding of exactly what you're talking comes from this. Um, trans person named Alok. Have you ever seen any of their stuff? Okay. Um, yeah, their stuff is, I mean, they're really- They're, they're the- non-binary, right? Yes, they, yes. They, They're the person that that uh, um, encouraged uh, or that supported uh, Demi Lovato when, yeah. when they did find as non-binary and then now uh, yeah. she's not because she got exhausted. Yes. And Alok is- <laughs> I mean, it's like funny. It's like, I think that a locust in their we're same age zone. Generationally, I'm kind of like, oh my God, yes. Because if there is so much, our experiences in the world are very different. Our experiences through our own queerness are very different. But um, the ways they talk about what people are afraid of in trans people that like, and I just relate and have been, I felt this way so much of my life is like, you're afraid of my creativity. You're afraid of the, the knowingness and embodiment that I have. Like that's how okay. I feel. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, you are just afraid because I am more self-aware than you. And that I am, I am brave in a way that you like can't even fucking imagine. Right. Like my gender, since I was like a teenager, young teenager, has been expansive in a way that is so threatening and scary for you, not you, the universal you, that it's like you have to try to literally suppress us in all of the ways you can because we make you look at yourself so that's like not my words although they feel powerful and i resonate with them those are totally like that's like a lokes like thing um and like you know powerful speeches but i relate to that so deeply and i i think that's how i felt forever is like in opposition to something else and i think now i'm almost 40 i like feel like i'm in a place in my life i'm like divorced and 
good friends with my, it's important for me to say that. I'm really good friends with my ex-wife. <laughs> and um, which also feels like a really nice queer experience. We like transitioned our relationship over three years, all these things, right? That's like a gift of queerness. Um, I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm like, is oh, it a gift of queerness or is it a burden of queerness? Because the community hilarious. is so small. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'll say that's, I'm friends with many of my significant exes, like almost, almost all of them. And I do. None I'm of really, my exes want to talk to me. So real, but, <laughs> and I was yeah. nice to most of them, but they just have yeah. other relationships. I, like, I, I wasn't. And I like, I had a very problematic, like, tr you know, hadn't worked on my trauma stuff, hadn't like looked at misogyny stuff. So I've like caused a lot of wreckage in my past and I'm really invested in repair, like in accountability. And that's like really important to me. And I, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I identify as an abolitionist. I think that's like a really intense thing to identify as, but I definitely am. Abolitionist of what? Yes, I'm an abolitionist of like, that I believe that repair is possible and that it should not be like oppressive. It should, that we need to like consider the de the deconstruction of all of these things literally so we can rebuild something else. And so in my relationships, I take that approach to all of my relationships. So like, I work really hard to have those people in my life. I like go through accountability sessions. I'm like, yes, I have a relationship with one person that is a long 20 year ago ex where anytime she wants to bring something up from the past in the ways that I harmed her, I'm just like, yep, let's talk about it. Do you want to talk more about that? Like I, like my living amends to her is allowing her to just share with me anything that comes up for her ever about the ways that I caused harm to her. And that feels like, that feels like an abolitionist politic to me. That's like, no, I am so invested in the repair of this, but like, how do you want me to show up in this space for you? And if I didn't do that, she would not be my friend. There's like no world. Yeah, because like she, her her relationship to me now is to feel heard and supported, right? So it's like this is the way I live my life in relationship to things. And the reason I bring this up is it feels really significant to my gender right now, where I'm like, my gender has gone to such extremes in trying to figure myself out within the community of queerness, which is sort of why I don't understand the separatist thing. Because for me, queerness is like the most liberating thing I've ever experienced. And once I really let myself embody that, like around my sexuality, like I allow, now I sleep with everyone. Like, you know, like it's not, I'm not, I don't, I don't have, before it was like, you know, as I was coming out, I was like, okay, well, I have to embody masculinity if I feel sort of, if I feel male. And then, you know, I started, you know, dressing more, masculine and trying to pass as a, as male although I never really identified with that right I like when I was a teenager and I was dressing more feminine I was horrified if someone called me he although I totally looked like a mask or like trans dude right um and then when I started becoming I was like horrified for people to she me and then there was all these things I've gone through and then now I'm in my life and I'm like I actually don't care what you call me you know like I'm like I've come to this place in myself that's like oh wait this is actually the freest I felt around my gender. That's like, you know, I wear what I want to wear now and I don't actually, I'm not interested. It doesn't impact me today, how you perceive me. I'm actually just kind of like, yeah, I'm wearing pearls and you know, like I got a perm today because I like wanted earlier. <laughs> like I've never done anything like that in my entire life, like ever. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, this is, I just want to like literally do me and like without the um, feelings of like anyone else's, perception of me it's like mostly because like I tried so hard to be to pass as male never did not once like literally no matter how hard I tried nobody perceived me as male and that's probably because like I'm not right like I'm not like my 
the ways that I am and I embody and exist. It's like, there was no, like, I couldn't like become like, that wasn't a part of me. I couldn't like make my voice deeper and like do a thing that would, those signifiers, right? Of masculinity where people would be like, oh, he. It happens like one every 10 times someone pronouns me in the world, right? And uh, and I'm realizing now that like, for me, the freedom of the queer world right now and the, the fact that like, you, people younger than me have like really embraced this term like non-binary. I probably wouldn't have ever come out as trans, quite frankly, if I was coming out now, um, yeah. but that did not exist. YouTube didn't exist when I came out. The internet didn't really exist. Like, it's like, it's like a generational thing. Like there was, I remember this one queer, like lesbian mentor I had at that age that I had met when I told her that I was trans, the first thing she said to me was, okay, so you want to become a man? And I was like, well, like, no, I'm like somewhere in the middle. And she was like, well, that's not what trans is. Trans is going from one thing to another by definition. And I was like, yeah, well, whoa. And I like held well, on to that, right? Cause it's like, and I'm just so glad that something else exists now. And there's like actually so much more of a possibility. And for me, that's like a result of queerness. And I think what's interesting is I almost, I wonder if this is how second wave feminists felt. I feel like some ownership over queerness and the, the breadth of it as it like for people younger than me I'm like yeah we created that space like we have created something that was more open than second wave feminism you know what I mean like yeah yeah for sure like I would agree with that yeah and and I support that because I felt invested in that I mean no no no, I didn't want to derail you no 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 no, no. I just let you go and I just wanted you to know that I'm on board in case like my my face didn't pop out because I hadn't spoken because we're on the yeah on the zoom sure sure yeah yeah (laughs) go 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 um but no, that that's really, really fascinating. Uh, and and I think that it that I think that there is like um, I think that within that punk space, you yeah. know, like like uh, when I'm out here, we're like I pass for a lot of like, you know, Southern European things. Mm-hmm. But like people are like your 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 origins are European, and I'm like. Yeah, but we're the Europeans that weren't quite white when we got yeah, here, yeah, you yeah. know? And then, like, within, like, the Latin American culture, I am, like, in Miami, I am Cuban. Like, no one has any question about it. It's in the way that I speak English, you know? Um, but But over here, although that's not fair because white people speak English like we do over there, and I don't speak English the same way because I've been out here and I'm like, I haven't code switched enough uh, sure. back into the Cuban talk. But um, but like people, like it. what I pull away is that like I'm in that Vin Diesel category, not that I'm that buff and handsome and like legendary. And, <laughs> <laughs> but that like, when he came around, one of the things that like everybody was talking about is that he was like ambiguous, you know, like Mm -hmm. you didn't. And, and you look at him, he's bald. Like you look at the rock. Now he's bald. Like it's all these guys that are sort of like Hispanic Samoan, like kind Mm -hmm. of like, you know, like, you know, and, and um, basically like, I thought I was, I, I, I've been called Jewish so many times that I thought I was Jewish. And then I had to do my, like, I, I, I almost Pocahontas, Pocahontas myself, the way that like, uh, what's her name from Harvard did, um, 
the presidential candidate. But like, but honestly, and also my grandfather's name was Israel. So it was confusing. And like, there was, there were polemics in the family of like, uh, oh, uh, dad doesn't want to acknowledge it. And it's like, no, we're not. But like, but, but it's, it's an interesting thing to like have your identity challenged from the outside because like, I'm a fucking Cuban Latino and I have a very specific like like background where I I you know I have a very not background a very specific life experience and when that's not acknowledged it's almost offensive right like yeah. you know like um but it's interesting because like uh like I, I I've just not um heard it contextualized in that way like obviously it it's it's um I appreciate the fact that you talk about how like the context has changed too, you know, like we're, we're like old heads and, and we remember things. And in fact, most of the people that fought the fights that people today in the queer community are, are fighting are dead. Yes. Dead. And the disconnect, the disconnect between the things I remember People yes. protesting and the things that people support now medically are insane. Yes, totally. And also like the invisibility of like the queer women of color, trans people that are like responsible for like all, like much of our queer reality now that I never learned about. That was like, even as a young queer, like, a you know, like that was. So you, you, you're 39. So you were born. 84. 84. So you didn't hear a lot of like you, in Chicago, there wasn't a lot of talk about AIDS. There was, and I was familiar with, I was familiar with, um, I guess I, when I'm thinking about like, who were the white activists, it was, uh, Freddie Mercury basically, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and I got, um, I, um, I got there, a, hold and of, a like, magic a Johnson. Scene. Yeah. I had like a, but I got a, because I lived in the city, which is like, I just feel like so much of my queerness came from like the access that I had, right? Like when I talk to other people my age, they're like, what? Like when I was 14, I came across like a zine that was about like the AIDS movement. And what is the project called? What is, oh my gosh, I feel so silly. The project that came out of New York around AIDS. Um, it was like a long time ago, just because yeah, it, it was about it was AIDS. In the 80s. <laughs> it was in the 80s, um, weird, anyway. I just like got a zine of like all this organizing that was happening in New York and in Chicago. And I, you know, that was like, and then I, and then there was like zines about drag. That's like how I learned, like zines were my Google or YouTube or whatever. And I got to like know a lot about those things as a youth, but there wasn't a lot of information about Stonewall or the people that were resisting that, like, um, and I, I feel like those are things I've learned later on and I, and I feel great. I didn't know about Stonewall. I mean, I, I knew yeah. about the Pansy Brigade and, yeah. and like punk bands like that. And that's how you found out, like you, like you said, it's like it, music was, it's actually kind of crazy. Maybe music is less political now because totally because of access, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But like I remember access to information in general, like people, yeah. People are less like uh, maybe they're more calculating in the way that they want to touch things like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure people are not going to like this conversation, 
Sure. I'm like already <laughs> because of like, our generation, you know, like young. But kids. I'm like literally thinking, like, oh my god, I sound so old. Like these people are gonna come after me, which is like fine. I'm like, let's please teach me something. But we else. are old. Yes, I know. I feel old. But I, you said music, and sometimes I don't give music enough credit around my gender and sexuality. I will never forget being 14 years old and sitting outside the metro waiting for tickets for Ani DeFranco. And oh, seeing yeah. all these people that were like 25, 20 years older than me, and they were happy. And this was like the worst time for me, right? My dad and I were like getting into it. It was like brutal. I was about to be sent to boarding school. It was like all these things. And I was just like wearing these silver ripoff Doc Martens because my mom wouldn't buy me real ones and like was, you know, dressed as like basically the human I am now still. I dressed exactly the same. It's like I was sitting there and like looking at these people and like, oh my God, they're happy. And like, I literally was like, I bet I could feel that way someday too. Like literally just like that, literally like you can How be queer you? and weird. I mean, 14. cause 14. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, Annie DeFranco is like a very that, specific time. Oh my God. Like I was like 14 to my early 20s. I was like obsessed. I saw her everywhere. Right. And she, and those were the words and kind of the resistance really taught me that like, I can be angry about this. And there are people who were also really pissed and like that yeah. this is a specific place in time. It's like uh, gentle punk. Yes. Yeah, like I remember, I remember the scene. It was like, yeah. and like, uh, you know, I used to hang out with some douchebag fish kids yes. and they used to trash it. But I was like, but my yeah. sibling was into it and yeah. like my sister was not. So yeah. like it, it tells you like yeah. who it speaks to. But yeah, uh, but yeah dude, I, 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 w I remember that. And like, as we're talking, like in terms of cultural references, I keep forgetting that like, at one point you may have identified as a, as a, as a lady or yeah. may may have been like identified it uh, I, like i when when you said earlier in the conversation where you thought you were going to get in trouble like i'm sure there like i'm sure there are um like i'm sure there are things that your father influenced but talking to you you sound angry at your dad like a dude <laughs> i mean my dad's a yeah <laughs> no no i'm just saying like because because mm -hmm. uh, i have a sister and like like i i i i uh when, when you were saying the thing about like it being like i also think that like like i think that maybe there's like the whole discourse is completely crazy so like we're probably going to get into a lot of trouble, mm -hmm. but I, I really appreciate this conversation because it, it resonates because like, honestly, dude, you would not like, it's a different thing to like, like you, you don't seem like a, uh, like, <laughs> I hope this is not, no, an insult, probably but, won't offend me. but, but you seem like a, of an, uh, at best an effeminate or at worst an effeminate gay guy you know I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> and yes, like and and the fact that we keep talking in queer terms and i don't know if this is like a victory for the term queer but like i'm just like okay the ambiguity is like the vibe is here you know yes, like yes. we're we, we're fucking broing out and talking yeah. mad shit and like yeah. uh you know yeah. i don't know but like i can tell you about what it feels like like I can tell you about what it feels like for me to not be identified as who I am mm -hmm. as, yeah. as like, as a fucking Cuban, that's not yes. a racist yes. Republican 
as yeah. a Cuban, you know, and that's only when you hear me say as a Jewish person, as an Arab, as any kind of Middle Eastern, because I'm from or origins of Spain, and then yeah. we get shit because we colonize the Spain, like the Spanish con, like the the Latin American continent. But then, yeah. like, yo, man, like, who the fuck are you? Like, you know, you're the colony that won the yeah. world. <laughs> so, 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 so it it it's interesting to talk about these things. Um, for me, it's like really ne- it's really necessary for me to understand how to be open to things that are being talked about today and like things that I have, I do not understand at all um, that I want to understand. Like I really would love to understand it and it's as a pronoun, but I don't right now. And I, I constantly yeah. am like, I don't just like, don't fucking get it. I'm not, I'm not here to make fun of it, but I do in conversation. I question, I question it in the ways that I think is good for us to be doing. Like, I don't, when I, like we're making jokes about people being mad at us, but the truth is, is like, we're having a conversation with each other and we're learning more and we're like yeah, opening yeah. up to other things. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I like, that feels really important to me. And I know that like, when I sit around with my friends who are my age and have very similar experiences to me, these are really valid conversations. Right. And like, I think there are, there are problematic things in, in the, the knowing of queerness that I have. And also, you know, the ways I feel like I'm trans. I've had trans masculine people be like, come for me interpersonally, not just like on the internet, like mm-hmm. being like talking about trauma and talking about how that embodies things in our bodies and the ways that we want to like feel like we belong. And so like we find binaries, right? Like I'm really invested in this idea because I do a large part of me because I've embodied this a hyper-masculine, trans-masculine experience in my life, there's a lot of misogyny and toxic masculinity in that. And now what's the internet, now that the internet exists, you see all this hyper-masculinity about like workout culture and the male physique looking this one specific way. And like these really intense binaries that are like, I'm like, do we want that binary? Like, I feel like, like, don't we like, I mean, isn't there like being trans is like, a lot of things, a lot of different things to different people. For me, it means that like in opposition to or in resistance of this larger binary structure. I just like don't fit into that binary structure. And I know for other trans experiences are like, that is what they want to, that's what they like want to feel like. They, they feel like inside and they want to, and em- that needs to be emulated, right? For them to feel whole. I get it. But I also, it, it's hard for me sometimes to understand because I find it oppressive in this way that's like, there's a new binary and now it's a trans binary. That's like, um, like, you know, I, like I see people writing things like I have so much dysmorphia and they're like ripped, you know, and like they're ripped and they yeah. pass as male like very easily because they're like skinny and fit and able-bodied and like all the things. And I'm kind of like, and they're, they're talking about their dysmorphia and like how this is what masculinity is. And I'm kind of like, oh my God, the layers of oppression of that around like fat phobia, ableism, whiteness, like all these things. I'm kind of like, why aren't we like talking about that? Doesn't that matter within this experience of queerness and trans? I don't know if if that's, I've gotten myself in trouble by saying stuff like that because I'm kind of like, isn't that a response? Part of that a response to this other thing that's made us so oppressed and why we like work, people couldn't be who they were as children, right? It's like the reason our parents were oppressed and like didn't allow us to do all these things. I don't know. There's just like something 
about that. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it just feels like there's a lot no, of I, I'm I'm listening. I'm hearing you. And if you want me to like jump in, I would say that it, it sounds like uh, the that the trans community and eh, like any other community has. Yes. Uh, body dysmorphia has issues, has there is the idealized body. It's like yes. it's the it's the Greek ideal of yes. like the idol or I mean, I, I, I'm I'm yes. mixing metaphors here. Yeah, but, yeah, I got you. Yeah, but like it's like yeah, like who doesn't want the fit? Yeah, like I, I mean, like a term that was a little like uh, that made me nervous when I was younger and didn't have like and like one of the things that's weird is that like when you're young, you're just oversexed, so everything kind of fucking turns you on, right? Yes. And then yeah. like you you settle into something. So yeah. that is one thing that's interesting that's missing because like when I was like I'm I've not heard the term twinks in ten years. Oh, yeah, me neither. You're right. I totally have you no know, like and there's like cultural oh. like fucking like and and those were like and I was like and, and like when when I was like first doing things to myself too much. Um right. that that the and like 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 there's also like sexuality is so complicated. There's a there's a a level of like over access to sexual content that only serves to confuse you when you're in the most confusing yeah. part of your life. Yeah. Right. And like and then and 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 it's it's informative for us to have a conversation at your age and my age because we've sort of had the same cultural experience and I yeah. can hear what you're saying in a mm -hmm. way where I was like, you, you know, like there are so many other mitigating factors. And if that, if like pornography as like, like, okay, as rampant as it is now, it's probably affecting the way people relate to sexuality because it was really like I remember when you could download videos for the first time and you know I remember when you had to wait for that shit to load and so like with all of that input and desensitization like and this is not this is separate from the tr this is a uh, the broader that I'm the I, the way I'm tying this in is like it ties into homophobia too because yes. people fucking do like jerk off to things or m masturbate in whatever context uh to these things and then they feel uncomfortable about it yes. and then they yeah. there's like the catholic guilt that everybody kind Rage of suffers or something yeah 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 and, and so, like, it's so, like so so there's so many outside influences about sexuality because we're also puritan yes. and then like you know like yeah, like it it it's complex. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You're I mean, yes. And this goes back to the original like question you had at the front, which was like, what are those systems? Like, what are you talking about? And I and yeah. I around abolition, I'm like, queerness is for me in my mind is an institution within itself. There's like it's been and there's all these oppressive layers within it, just like there isn't anything. Like educate like bigger, broader things of identities around whiteness, around straight, like you know, straight. It's like we all in that. There's like all this stuff that kind of is in ever is everywhere, like racism, color, like yeah. all these things, like sexism. And I'm kind of like, I for queerness for me is like opened up the the kind of like, um, yeah. I think like in this conversation we have talked about like internalized racism, racism, um, misogyny, sexism, 
trauma. Like there's all these things like internalized homophobia. Yeah, like it's just kind of like because all of that exists in this way that is just yeah. I think it's a conversation about identity. Yes. Right. And 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 the and the different and 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 uh the difference between externalized, especially like where my experience comes in. Right. Being confused for other things and then having to co- cope with that. Where like the first time someone called me an Arab, I react. I, that was a, an exposure of my racism where I was like, why do I feel bad about being, you know, like mm-hmm. about being identified? Like because when I first moved out here, I was going by Javi. And the only reason that I go by Javier is to clarify that I'm not Arabic because I want to have my culture acknowledged, course, right? Yeah, yes. And then in 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 like and this is like this is I moved to like the set like the biggest population of Arabs or of uh Persians outside of Tehran at the time that I moved. I don't know what the stats are now because you know politics and all <laughs> and empire. But um but like when I moved here like everybody like uh, more more so than anywhere else that i've lived like thought that i was uh, uh of arabic descent of persian descent and they would say it to me in a not good way mm-hmm. they would be like they would be like oh hey uh like i was relieved but then i would also have experiences where people that were like that spoke farsi to me and then when they realized that I didn't speak Farsi, they were like, so like, it's a weird identity thing, you know? Like, so yes. I think that that, that I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the most oppressed, but I'm saying that that is my bridge into this new realm of, yeah. of yeah. how, be, how you want to be identified like that, yes. that humanizes it for me. I also so like, I, I appreciate, that. I also like really believe in that identity is not, there's no oppression Olympics in it. Right. It's like, I think that's important. Like you experiencing that is your your experience of that is just as oppressive as my experience of the of my stuff with my personally this is how i feel of like my gender because and not every instance yeah. is necessarily that oppressive it's just yes. experience too right like i you think know. that like i think that that's actually interesting because part of my um part of my gender stuff has always been like even when i was like um you know, feeling more masculine, dressing more masculine and wasn't passing and people I was with would want to correct my, I always felt this way, which is like, you know what? Like the truth is, is 40 years ago, they would never have sheed me because they wouldn't have even seen gender variance or like what they are probably perceiving me as, which is a butch lesbian, right? 40 years ago, they wouldn't have even seen me like that. So on some level, this waitress that's like 50 or 60 at the time when I was a teenager, I'm like, I'm not mad at her. Like, I don't need to like, I don't need to like be upset that she misgendered me. Now in this moment in time, we're literally every, we are talking about it on a grand level. And I believe that like many people in their 60s set like know about this. Like my parents read about it, you know, in the newspaper, they don't have to go like find a book about it. It's just everywhere that I don't feel that way anymore. I'm kind of like, we all need to get on the page where we're not like assuming people's gender. But then that was like, no, there were, I mean, Ellen was a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it was like, being a lesbian was like shocking. And I'm like, so I kind of, I, I have always had this sort of understanding of my own identity based in what context. And I feel like today it just, I feel like the most, you know, in line with it. And there's yeah, a yeah. freedom not, for me, there's a freedom in not caring how I'm perceived. And I think that is a privilege and a luxury on some level because I remember how fucked up I felt 
in my youth. I remember just, you know, having sex when I was younger too. I don't know if I can say this, but having sex when I was younger and like having dysmorphia and like being like, you know, my brain of like, I could like get, I could like totally be taken out of the moment if like I didn't have like a very specific relationship to my body and that person, like, and it was really intense. And I, it felt hard kind of all the time. And now I'm kind of like, what? Like those, those things felt like externally imposed on me personally. I felt a lot of like masculinity stuff imposed upon me of like, Mm -hmm. this, this is how I'm supposed to feel. And when I like slowly let go, have let go of that, I mean, it's been like 10 years since that is true for me, but it's like, since I've like let that go, I'm kind of like, oh my God, like the suffering I experienced that I, I wish that I could have experienced this sort of freedom. That's like, it's okay if that person perceives you as whatever for me personally, again, just at me for a lot of people being perceived as something that they're not is incredibly painful. But like, for me, I've got a lot of freedom of like, that actually doesn't mean anything about me. It's like the way you perceive me is how you perceive me. It's not who I am. I just sort of like appreciate that now I'm kind of like more interested today in um, like, I've asked my friends to consider using pronouns for me just about like how, like whatever they want, like whatever feels fine for them. And I'm a little bit putting it on somebody else. My friend recently said, um, who's like not a leftist and like, um, it was kind of like, that's just like asking us to do more work, like to think about how we perceive you. And I was like, yep, that's okay. You know, it's like, yeah. and like, you know, she's like a cis person and she's just like, I was like, yeah, that's true. Like, I'm asking you to just kind of like for yourself, I don't really, but I want, you know, I want that to happen as like an activation, not as like some weird, I don't know. It was very funny, her reaction. And I thought this is exactly why I want to do it. Cause it's like, it, to me, it actually doesn't, I'm curious about that. And gender is something that's put upon us. I feel like, and I'm kind of like, why am I holding it? Why am I holding this and being so mad all the time about like being perceived? No, you fucking hold it. Like whatever you want. And I'm just going to, I'm just here, you know, and I'm exactly who I am and I'm embodying exactly what I want, which really does feel like a liberation and a privilege on some level. Cause I, you know, that's not true for so many people. Well, I, it's not the same, but I will say that of the same generation, Mm -hmm. I remember when I stopped caring if people thought I was gay, which is like it, it for a zoomer must sound fucking insane. (laughs) so for that that that's why i say it for that context it's nowhere near but i remember when when and i remember when i when i realized that it meant something about me yeah and it and it didn't it had nothing to do with culture you know like it was it it was just like it 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 was a fear that had been instilled in me of of like um like like i don't have as much like the for me the the gap between the internalized homophobia and uh, like and literally internalized where i was like it's not okay and all of that versus the um the openness to people being trans and understanding how old that is i think i like with you but we i think we've talked through it so so i understand like the it 
is mm-hmm. is kind of weird because we used to call our pets it for us. Yeah, but, but I want to. <laughs> I just want to make. I just want to say one thing. I don't think it's weird. I think it's confusing and hard, and I'm okay. literally like, and I will never understand no, it. No, right? I meant I meant yeah. weird the way that we yes. appreciated weird, which was alternative, yes. like yes. weird, yes. weird yes. not as a pejorative. I wanted to like clarify weird. to the world, not to you. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> no. I'm glad you're clarifying. You're covering yes. my ass, but yes. I'm just I I'm piggybacking on that and clarifying yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But like weird, weird in the like. Uh, remember when uh, we were alternatines and like. Uh, MTV used to play like uh, the Beastie Boys and it was okay because it was yeah. rap, but they would play yes. it during the alternative hour. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm referencing. But like, sure. yeah, like I just I just remember that moment where I were and unfortunately it was like way late. It was like in my mid to early 20s where I was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. You know, yeah. and it, and it, it came a lot from people just being like, hey, you you f you f you know like oh yeah. what do you like we didn't even have no homo that came after yes, yes, <laughs> but did. like uh but 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 yeah so i like i totally relate to that change of context and to piggy to, to like continue that thought which is where where i was headed is that like my sibling most of my life has identified a, a, as uh as as a lesbian mm-hmm. and then before that a tomboy right yeah. and yeah. and and then like tomboy's cool but like butch lesbian mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like it, it it's like during our era mm-hmm. there was the hot lesbian and there was the butch lesbian oh totally. that still exists, oh, still exists. yes it, it yes. still exists oh, okay yes. Yes. but yes. like if i was in that position fuck dude like non-binary is like even just as a it like even the difference between being called an a, a bad name a slur and like a hispanic american or a cuban american like the upgrade it, it's it reminds me uh the the what made me think of that was that like uh the what's her name um wanda sykes bit of like no, I'm African American this week. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Where yeah. she goes to try to get the loan. It's mm-hmm. like it 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 almost seems like like I'm, there may have been a time where it was punk and there was ownership in that, but mm-hmm. it's like it's brutal. Like you yeah. know the way the way that the community talks there's about. A new, there's like in the last what maybe ten years. I'm trying to think about like when I started being told this but like the mask privilege in the queer community of like butch dykes even trans mask non-binary even in and non-binary that's like whole kind of like more masculine of center kind of group that's like many groups within that what a privilege it is to be like on the dating scene like on the online apps because like in LA for instance there is a real there's a real kind of this is what like my my ex-wife who's a femme and the people that i've dated are femme that are like there's like a mask shortage Mm -hmm. and there are more femmes that are like looking for dates that are attracted to like masculine of center people and that's such a privilege because like i would get so so are you like the fucking like are you like the women that i try to match with on the app but get only 20 percent of guys is that what you're like it's in, funny in the queer community is that yeah, like how it plays like out kind of, kind of yeah and when i'm not <laughs> when, what's, 
a little bit. It's You've kind earned of it. You fucking worked all your life for it. Jesus I mean, that's Christ. like very funny, but I feel, I feel like there is such because, and this is where, this is where there needs to be more conversation around sexism and misogyny within the queer community is that like Butch, Dykes, trans mass people don't think that they actually have masculine privilege. They yeah, yeah. do. It's like 1000% is my pearls and whatever. I still have masculine privilege in the world. Bros, rednecks are way nicer to me. They like, oh, they yeah, don't, yeah. I don't feel threatened by them because they're like, oh, you want to be a dude? Like, what's up? Like, there's like this thing where like, if I was any other gender variant or trans woman, I would be like punched in the face or killed. It's like, I just, I do feel afraid of that sometimes. I'm not saying that I don't have that fear that is very real, but not in that way. Like, I'm like, I've been in situations that are like, I feel threatened. And then they just like, there's something about my masculinity that like soothes them. We're like, you it's know, less because, threatening like, oh, you want to be a dude. Like I get it. And it's like a, and I can grow in a really crazy, like stealthy way where it's like, I'm not at all, but like, I can instantly turn it on for my own safety, yeah. but it's like, and they just kind of like, we'll go with it. And so there is a real privilege around masculinity. And then like with dating and sex, it's like, I, for a long time was like, you guys, what are you talking about? They're, like my, my ex-wife is like a total babe would be like, I literally the only people I can date are like cis dudes and she's bi. So she's cool with that. But I was like, I don't understand why you can't find queer dates. Like I'm like dating all the time. We were in a, we're, yeah. I'm polyamorous, but anyway, it was like this thing. Right. And we would always be talking about it. And now I, I really do think I understand that there is, yeah, there's just a real priority. There's real sexism, misogyny in the queer community around these relationships that isn't really talked about. And it's, I feel you know, I'm often the one online who's like commenting on mask people's sexist shit that they're putting up or like yeah. kind of gender binary stuff. And like, you know, I'm the one who's like trying to stir shit and like people are very upset about it. Well, it's interesting. It's yeah. Because because like, I guess a lot, most of the most of the violence that we hear of comes from comes to at uh, femme males. Yeah. But but it's also interesting, like going back to the conversation about like the the divide mm. whereas like the 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 thing that i'm hearing is that one is a sexual preference and one is a like and that trans is a um is a is a gender identity mm-hmm. and it, it's interesting because like within the context of that separation however valid it is that people should split up or not right mm-hmm. like there is something to be said about that distinction. And one of the things that I've heard that's really interesting is that like, it's actually, you know, um, like I've talked to gay men. They do not like vaginas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like yeah. they think they're fucking gross. And, and if you, don't like vaginas and you're a man there's a possibility that the only thing that that most men care about makes you dehumanize women in some cases i've heard i've like i've been around queer spaces where there's a lot of like it changes you know like like uh uh like and then also just going between the difference between like like the uh the the stereotype of the promiscuous gay man versus the stereotype of the U-Haul lesbian. The cultures sure. are so different. You could yes. even like it's where do you want to make the subdivision, right? Because like when I was growing up, the 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 G and the L did not like the B. Yes, of <laughs> course. I mean, I grew up like that too. I was totally biphobic. 
only until my wife like drilled it in me that that's like sexist and fucked up like all these things about that but it's interesting because like um well I want to go back quickly to you said something like the violence of femme males and I want to know if you meant trans women and then I wanted to correct that uh well I well okay the way what I was responding to was you saying the 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 trans the trans the mask privilege and I was saying that like my understanding or at least the thing that gets pushed by the community most is the violence against uh uh um like i uh uh, women that trans 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 women women, but yeah but like and and then and then it also expands into the longer like the broader point of like wanting to pass and whether you know like so so like so there's definitely a lot of pressures with that. So is that what yes. you were talking about or? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, right? That the, the, well, first of all, it's a fact. Trans women of color are the most, you know, I have a project that I worked on um, called Mapping and Genocide and it's documenting all the murders from 2015 to 2020 of trans people, predominantly trans women of color across the board, 90%, right? So like, yes, is that, that is a Is fact. that mostly just in the US too? Only in the US. And Brazil is the number one place that kills trans women. Okay, yeah. Well, that well, I'm Brazil, like focused on the U.S. But 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 um, in the U.S., do you think that that's like a less dead thing in the terms of true crime? Oh, like uh, um, like one thousand percent. Because you're specifying trans women of color, you're not including trans uh, white. No, women. I'm including anyone that's identified as trans. But the truth okay, is, okay. That a lot of times trans people are misgendered at their death. So the news is like reporting it as he this he this but she's a trans woman who was killed because she's a trans woman and so like that happens a lot right Mm. even trans men also but significantly the violence against trans women is exponentially different because of masculine privilege it's less threatening to men right period so like my safety is much different than a trans woman or gender variant person that is more femme yeah. Like so that, so then I did get I, I did yes. understand you. Correctly. Yeah, but I wanted to make sure that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I I, won't, I always want to clarify well, so that I don't get in trouble. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I mean, I'm also not scared, <laughs> but sure. I I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, get like, me in trouble, but like I don't want to offend you. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, I will get things wrong because we are of a generation. Yeah. We're basically sus. This is like you talking to Boomer me, <laughs> who was like separated from that side of the culture, and sure. and you you grew up. You have the same cultural touchstones that you can kind of yeah. hold my hand through it. You know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still never gonna know what it's like. You know, yeah. and and the only thing I can come come up with is approximations of things that upset me about when I'm misidentified, mm-hmm. which is nowhere near the same thing yeah. as like your whole, like the, like for me, when I'm misidentified, it's a cultural thing for you. Yeah. When you're misidentified, it's like a whole society. Like it's a, it's, yeah. it's a historical battle that has not been acknowledged. Yeah. But it, I wish that for pockets, this is the thing about what I think I'm hearing you say. And I wish that like everyone, every cis person, like understood understood this or thought about this is like we're talking about identity and like the da- like there is an oppression and a, a harm and an impact that happens when we misidentify people and if yeah. people could relate to the experience of the trans experience i think there would obviously be less of all this hateful like you know legal shit happening that's like 
wait, but if you could actually just pause and realize we like, we are the same in a lot of ways. We have an identity that we do not want to be ignored or, you know, like yeah. hatefully oppressed upon. It's like, there's something about that where I'm like, that's where we need to get. And that's like, you know. Well, and I, and I think that there's like also a, uh, a crazy conflation of like different yeah. perspectives. Like it's one of the, one of the disadvantages that the queer community has is like, as, as a Latino person, that encompasses so much. Yes, That's yes. like, that, like I talk to people and they don't even identify as Southern American right. <laughs> because they're from Mexico and they're North American. So like the nuance, like, I think that one of the things that is like maybe in the bit broader dialogue is that like, is that nuance is missing, you know, like there's, there's no, there, the, the, the highlights make the news because they get clicks you know, and then, and then you have people like on both sides where like, uh, like, and, and not to make it a binary, but like you have, because I, I don't think bi politics are binary at all, but right. the way that, but, but I think that like, that is part of the rebellion that I'm into in the non-binary movement, which is like, if we can acknowledge that there's no sexual fluidity, the idea that we can fit into these like liberal, uh, right wing, whatever, like you just mentioned that you have like parents that were, or you mentioned earlier that your parents were maybe not the most progressive when it comes to race, but they were accepting of you as, and, and I think that there's like a profound thing that happens there where it's like, um, there's an interesting conversation to be had there where if you had, uh, identified as a woman and mm -hmm. had a baby with a person of color, mm -hmm. how would his experience soften with the humanization, right? You are you humanize the trans experience for mm -hmm. your parent, right? Yes. And I think that that is what, like one of the things that I get really upset about it out here in California is when like queer people are like, oh, you're Cuban. And they just like assume that I have like internalized homophobia erasing all the internalized homophobia that I fought yeah. <laughs> over the years because I grew up humanizing people that were a part of my community and were also gay Republican Cubans that are pro-war. And I disagree with them on that, you know, and it's like, yes, yes. Totally. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I was thinking something else and now I forgot. Oh, I, I was giving myself credit and I was like, I left you speechless. <laughs> <laughs> there was something I wanted to say about what you were saying, but yeah, I um I want it's like funny, I want to I want to have conversations like this that are nuanced and about identity, but weirdly, it feels and this this is the most maybe problematic thing I'm gonna say. It doesn't feel like there's room for that with the generation of people. I just, I literally will say like just last week, I said something. There was this person who has a lot of followers, like, I don't know, 30,000 followers or something. And I just recently started following him and he put, he posted something that said, it was a video, like a real video, which I mean, I'm going to talk in language. Like, I don't even understand what that is or how to make that, but it's like, um, it said how I, how I am on the, how I am in the first 10 minutes of a date. And he's doing push-ups on a surfboard. And then it says, the first line, the the thing he says is, why are we like this? And I was instantly like, I sent it to three of my friends who are like my age in Mask of Center. 
I was like, this is hilarious and then insane, right? Like that they're, they don't see why, like who they are in this. And that, and what I meant is the, like the fact that you are joking to yourself that you go into a date and take up space by showing off your muscles to a person <laughs> that you're dating on a surfboard as if that's at all appropriate or at all that like some masculine taking up of space is hilarious to me. Yeah. And also the fact that it's so binary, it's so hilarious. It's like, it's like the, you know, like I'm going to show you my muscles. And I'm like, what kind of toxic masculinity is this? And I like checked it by four people and they're all like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Why don't people get it? And then I'm like, I'm like old as hell. And I like go on this comment. I'm like, well, why are we like this? Because of toxic masculinity. Like I just wrote because of toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you should have heard the responses. And I was kind of like, oh, you guys actually aren't open. You do not want to have a conversation about wow. this. And I was so really that was within the that within the community. Oh, it was all it was like predominantly non-binary and trans mask people, wow. and like masculine all at masculine center mostly. And they were just like, "You're really reducing the trans thing." Like, it really came for me, and I still to this day, I'm like, I just was like, "Oh wow, okay." And then the person wouldn't even have a public conversation with me. They like took it into the DMs, and I was like, "Why are we doing this? Like, why can't we? I want to have this conversation." And they were like, "You're like, I'm not going to be called out and dragged by another trans person." And I was like, "This is hilarious. All I did was answer your question. Yeah. Like, and I just was kind of like, this is real stuff, and I want to be having more conversations because I want to work this stuff out, and I can't. I, there's no room for it. It's interesting. That's like a real." I mean, it's because like I'm an old, maybe I'm like totally wrong to say, I don't know, you know, but I was but like, did wait, you, you, so, so they made a post and you commented on the post and they got mad. And I disagreed with them. You yeah. agreed with them. Okay. I disagreed with them. I was like, they did not see any of the things I said. They were like, how is this, and... we're like, how's this toxic masculine? Like, oh, being a man isn't wrong. And I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> that's not what we, everyone could embody. I, I just was like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Wait, so the, the person was saying that you, what you were saying, I'm sorry, I lost track. It's Never okay. mind. Yeah, I feel like, like I... making you explain it to me is good. Like, I think when I rewatch it, editing yes. it, I'll, yes. I'll get it. Or maybe and... it doesn't make sense because I'm not using the right Instagram terms, quite frankly. Like sometimes no, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I maybe like just like spaced out for a second and you know, like, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I don't want to make you reconstruct the story, but, sure. um, but yeah, so uh, I also have to really pee very badly. Oh yeah, cool. um, <laughs> I've had a lovely time though, and I definitely want to have this conversation again. Cool. Uh, I feel like we're homies. Is yeah. if is and uh, I definitely am gonna be like kind of checking out different places because I I, I I I'm I'm down to come out. And, Chicago. I mean, seriously, like any questions you have, anything, like let me know. Well, but also if you have like people that uh, in Chicago, because it sounds like you you interact with a lot of queer people in the yeah. Chicago scene, it yeah. it was a uh, it's much easier to ask for referrals than for me to go into Chicago, sure. fly yeah. in, network, uh -huh. and be yeah. like, hey, you're queer. You should be yeah, on my yeah. podcast. I'm a queer. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you just out of curiosity where i came up in your zone i don't know i but, i don't remember i i know that we know some similar some people in common yeah like bridget on there liz yeah, yeah. yeah i know lots of people that are on there yeah yeah but um 
but yeah, I, I like it's I lose track. I don't even sure, sure, sure. I, I, I can't afraid. even keep track of people that I want on the show. Sure, sure, fair, fair. <laughs> so oh. like I'll like have mental lists of people that I want to invite and then uh yes, of course, yeah, sure. And and then like like a week later, like I just need to write shit down more. Um but uh but it, this has been awesome. So yeah, uh you. anything that we can promote for you? Like are uh, what's your Instagram? Yeah, at Keen underscore O'Brien. It's not very much an art one. It's like me and my dog, but please follow me and watch things about my amazing Chihuahua. Where can we like uh, check out some of your art stuff? Is yeah, there a Kino, spot? Kino, yeah, kinobrian.com. Yep. Is there a link in your bio of your Instagram? Of my website, you mean? No, like a link to your website. Yes, yes, on yes. I'm on Instagram. Yes, one thousand percent shopping. Yeah. And I have, a sh- <laughs> I have an installation up in West Hollywood right now um, in um like a permanent mural in the city of west hollywood in one of their government buildings so it's in oh, the, cool. a new aquatic and rec center it's really cool what, what what's your main medium do you paint or um no right now i'm working i'm like a trained in photography i have degrees in photography but i make i make image-based work but i don't use a camera um so i've been Did making you go to cal arts with mark mcknight is that how you know him oh my god mark is my best friend and he didn't go to cal arts actually he went to uc riverside but he's truly my favorite and best friend on this planet and you should oh, have him on the show because he's i've invited him but he was super busy like it's like back he just when, the... when he got super busy also but, he yeah. like just won the guggenheim so i'm like you know he's you yeah know. i think i might be a little small for his show no no i'm gonna tell him <laughs> and he i will make him reply oh no i can't make him <laughs> no, no 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 he he had he had uh no 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 i want to be clear he responded he okay. agreed to be on the show. And then when his career took crazy yes, of off, he yes. was like, oh, hey, I am, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I can't do it. And then, but it was framed in a way where I understood like, oh yeah, you are going to be busy for a long time. So this was no shame. Yes. I just yes, know that you know. No, I know. I just like, I'm just like, he's my best friend. So I'm like, I know how busy he is and I'm constantly telling him to say no to things. So we're <laughs> on the same page. Yeah. Um, but yeah I, no, he said yeah. no to this and I support him because he is probably busy as shit. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, cool. And then we'll be back next week with another artist with another topic that may or may not be art related. This was tangentially art related because art is about rebellion and critical yes. thought. So yes, yes. I'm and punk shit. And uh, you guys should all like uh, imagine a pansy division song coming on after this because that's of our generation. Yes. <laughs> awesome. It was really great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this was a pleasure. Uh, uh let me um uh we'll we'll talk to you guys uh next. We'll see you guys next week. Let me uh just stop the recording, say sure. goodbye before I rush off to pee.